Hello, welcome Elements City Church. This is a great opportunity for us. Thank you so much for tuning in and uh, worshiping with us tonight. Uh, obviously, you've heard all the stuff going on with the viruses. And we just made this um, decision to worship virtually and prepare this so that we could keep everybody in our community safe and we could be part of the solution, not the problem. And so I just wanna ask you just to engage in, uh, with worship tonight as the team brings it and as Jack teaches. We just want you to just engage like you're sitting in the seats. And it's a great opportunity to do that. And I just wanna thank you um, for uh, just continuing to pray for people in your area and giving opportunities for people to how to serve them. And so I just wanna spend a little bit of time just giving you some heads up. If you're new with us and you've actually um, never been to Element City Church, we'd love for you to get our app and uh, fill out the connection card and just let us know that you're, uh, you watch tonight or fill out the comments below. We'd love for you to do that. Um, I would just love to pray for some things that are gonna go on uh, tonight. Tonight we're gonna just worship and then Jack's gonna bring some teaching and then we're gonna end in a song and then Dave's gonna lead us in some prayer at the end. Um, just thank you for uh, just being with us. And uh, we're just gonna to open tonight. Uh, there's churches in our, in our community that uh, we're gonna start praying for. And the first church uh, of this week is Sabina Road Baptist Church. And we're gonna pray for their safety and their impact in the kingdom. And uh, so just bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for Sabina Road Baptist Church. Lord, we thank you for the church that, that meets and is gathering and, it, and is, is helping people worship in the area that they're in. Lord, just bless them financially, emotionally, and spiritually, Lord. And thank you for who they are. Lord, protect them in this time. And Lord, give them wisdom to do what they need to do. Lord, I just also wanna thank this time that, we, uh, that we've chosen to, to worship like this. Lord, just protect our church family. Protect us in a way uh, that only you can. Lord, give us the wisdom on what to do and how to do and how to interact and how to serve each other in this time. In Jesus' name, amen. But he brought me in, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me. Oh, the sun sets free, oh, it's free indeed. I'm a child of God, yes, I Yes, I 
And what a miracle it is, God, that we get to commune with you, that we get to have relationship with you. Because God, you are holy, you are set apart. And that you love us so much that you sent your son to die for us, to pay a price that we can never pay so that we could have that relationship with you. And so we just thank you, Father, for your love. We praise you for your love. We praise you that we have this promise that whatever we go through, God, that you are always right here. You're always right with us. So we just continue to worship you in this time, Jesus. To you belongs all the glory, all the honor, all the power. We pray these things, Jesus, in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen. It is great to, uh, to worship together. We may not be physically together, but we're together. And it is such a joy uh, to be able to gather with you. And even though we may be scattered, uh, we're together in this. And I hope maybe as you're worshiping, you got your own beverage of choice and you kind of pull up a chair with us. And as we continue to worship and look into God's word, um, we want to welcome you. I, I told my kids I would wave to them. So if you're out there, just go ahead and wave because that way we're all waving together and uh, we could feel that and sense that. So again, glad you're here, especially if you're new to Elements, maybe you've moved across the country, you're part of our church family before, maybe you're tuning in for the first time. Uh, we're just delighted to have you here. Um, I was told this week that if we do church online, actually the congregation and the worship team and the preacher actually look thinner. So this is a win for us, I think. So this is kind of what we're doing for the next couple of weeks to do our part, and we're uh, delighted to, to kind of have you tune in with us and for us to be together in this. It's interesting times that we're living in, isn't it? To acknowledge that, uh, I, I think, is the reality. And, and so wherever you might be, uh, you may be in a place where you're struggling. Maybe there's some fear bubbling up. There's some concerns. Uh, there's a whole lot going on in our culture and, and trying to, to help understand. And I hope tonight that you can lean into some truth with us to see um, that, you know, the reality of what Paul writes in Second Timothy, we want to remind ourselves that as followers of Jesus, we don't come at these situations with the spirit of fear or timidity. It's actually the Holy Spirit that empowers us to live with power and with love and with self-discipline. And so as we gather and, and scatter throughout, see, you understand the church, we occasionally gather together. But all the time, we scatter to be the church. And this is our moment to be the church to your neighbors and to your coworkers and to your friends to the, the people down the street, the people in the cubicle next door. And so we want to challenge you and encourage you to be the church wherever you are. And, and tonight as we look in, it's interesting to me that months ago we planned this series uh, called Believe, looking through the Gospel of John, and it just so happened that this night, months ago, we planned to look into John chapter 10, which is fascinating because Jesus makes a claim for a title and a role that he wants to take on. It would have been a title and a role that the Jewish people at the time would understand, would have delegated to God himself, that only God could do this. And yet into this moment, Jesus says, I'm stepping, and I'm taking this title, and I'm taking this role. And so uh, if you have your Bibles, you can go to John chapter 10. That's where we're going to be tonight. If you want to log on through the app, you can go down to sermon notes and kind of follow along with us. Just a, a quick recap as we've been in this series. This is week number six for us to be in it. And we're kind of making our way through the gospel of John. But at the very end of John, John writes, he says, look, I have a purpose for writing this. I have a purpose for writing this gospel account. I want you to know something. And he, and he says, I want you to understand that it is the hope of Jesus. That's why I write this. He writes these words, John chapter 20, verse 30, 31. He says, now Jesus did many other signs, many other miracles in the presence of his disciples, which are not written down in this book, but these are written that you may believe, and that by believing you may find life in his name. 
That's the promise for us, that many of us can try to find life in so many other things, try to find life in achievement and uh, in acquiring different things, and it's moments like this in our world where we realize, man, that doesn't add up to a whole lot, does it? That outside of what the main priorities, outside of life with God, what do we actually have control over? What do we actually control? What can we really get our arms around? And so John wrote hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years ago a reality for us to engage in our day, in our here and now. That, hey, these are written that you may know, that you may know God and know that God knows you and that he's dialed into you. And Jesus shows up and he begins living this out. And in John chapter 10, he's having a conversation. And so he begins to, to teach some things. And we may not be gathered together but we can rally around what we've been looking at in the Gospel of John. And I want to read a chunk of this. And so if you have your Bibles, you can read along with me. Uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 16 is where we're going to go. So just kind of listen to this. Let this wash over you. Jesus is speaking, and he's speaking, and he says, Very truly, I tell you, Pharisees. So he's speaking to the Pharisees, the religious leaders of the day. Anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in some other way, well, they're a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate, that's the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him. The sheep listen to his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name, and he leads them out. When he had brought out all of his own, he goes on ahead of them, and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will not ever follow a stranger. In fact, they'll run away from them because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Verse 6, Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. And so he goes on. Therefore, Jesus said again, very truly, I tell you, I'm the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out. They'll find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I've come that they may have life and life to the full. Maybe you've heard that verse before. That Jesus is saying, look, the thief, they come to distract. They come to, to detour, to steal and kill and destroy. But I've come that you may have life. That's kind of what John says at the very end of this gospel. That you may find life in Jesus. Verse 12, or verse 11, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd, and he does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, well, he abandons them. He runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he's a hired hand and cares nothing about the sheep. Verse 14, I am the good shepherd, Jesus said. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for them. I have other sheep that are not of this, this, this pen, then I must bring them in as well. They too will listen to my voice, and there will be one flock and one shepherd. It's this powerful story, this claim of a title and a role that Jesus has. See, when I think about the folks of Elements, and I think of the roles that they have. I think of, we have some military folks. Uh, we have first responders. We have teachers. We have pharmacists. We have engineers. We have musicians. We have people who are just doing odd jobs in the business world to, to kind of keep going. We have in the Elements family so many different people that represent, but I, I don't know any shepherds. And so maybe it's hard to kind of get our mind around this story of what Jesus is saying. But see, if you were to go to Palestine, even today, you begin to, to witness a scene that was transpiring 2,000 years ago, even with Jesus. And when he was speaking, everyone would have known what he's talking about because these were prominent jobs, blue-collar jobs as a shepherd. And it would have been taking place all over the place, and people would have seen it. That even now, there's uh, shepherds who will bring their flocks in toward the watering hole. And there might be eight or nine, and there's a, a suddenly a convention around the watering hole. But they don't worry about the sheep mixing 
Because when it's time to go, the shepherd would step forward and they would have a trill in their voice. They'd have a whistle. They'd have a little song they would play on their flutes and whatever that may be. And their sheep from their herd would hear it. And they would begin to walk out from among all the others and begin to follow their shepherd because they know the shepherd's voice. And they know that the shepherd knows them. You think back even now to the way shepherding happens and, and even as sheep would come in maybe into the pen at night after being out in the fields and grazing, typically they don't have like hinged gates like you have at your house or I have at mine. And that, you know, hinged gates were just a rare thing and so they would bring their, their flock into maybe an area with a, a wall around it and there would be an opening and all the sheep would go in or maybe a cave even. And oftentimes the shepherd would take some foliage and they would put that toward the entrance to kind of be the door, to block it, to be the gate, if you will. But often they didn't have access to that. And so what they would do is the the shepherd would lay down and they would be the door, they would be the gate to keep the sheep in at night in safety and protection and to keep the predators out. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm the gate that to be part of this flock, to be part of the family of God, you've got to come in through me. I'm the one that brings the security and the safety that you need and that you're looking for. I'm the one who can protect and nurture and provide. I am the good shepherd, he says. Everybody, when he said that, would have known, well, that's, that's, jo- that's God's job to be the good shepherd. Like David wrote the Psalm 23 just hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before. And they would have recognized this is God's role. This is God's title. And Jesus steps into the scene and says, I'm wearing that title. I'm wearing that role. Again, proclaiming his deity. I'm the one that you need to look to. I'm the shepherd, the good shepherd who nurtures and protects and guides, watches over. Uh, to, to better understand this, we have to understand that sheep, uh, how can we say it, uh, they're not the brightest bulbs, if you will. They're not the sharpest tool in the shed. I mean, they, uh, let's be honest, they're, they're kind of dumb animals. They don't have kung fu skills. When everyone's fighting, everyone was kung fu fight. That's never sheep, okay? They don't have any defensive skills, any abilities. They need watched over. That's why they're dependent upon the shepherd. And I wonder so many times throughout the scriptures, whether you like to admit it or not, the scriptures kind of say, look, you're the sheep, I'm the sheep. And we don't like that. We like to be charged. We like to say, no, I can take care of myself. And then you have moments unfold in the world like the moment we're in. And you realize, maybe I'm not all that in a bag of chips. Maybe I don't have as much control or reach or impact or power that I think or was told that I have. And so maybe we can actually begin to identify a little bit more with what the scriptures say. Look, you're the sheep and you need a shepherd. The contrast between the good shepherd, what Jesus claims and says, I am this. I'm not like the hired hand who when trouble comes, they run away and flee because there's no ownership, there's no, uh, there's no connection. I'm the one who stands, and I'm the one who fights, and I'm the one who is for and takes care of. Isn't it pretty awesome to know that the creator of the heavens and the earth, this Jesus, knows your name and longs to be your shepherd? Longs to say, like, I've got this. And you may be scared. You may need comforting. You may be uneasy. But I'm with you. And when I'm with you, you've got what you need. And that's the truth that we're beginning to see in this passage. I am for your good. The Apostle Paul writes in Romans about this Jesus. He says, look, God is for us. Who can be against us? If God's for us, what can come against us that would detour that, that would rip that apart? In fact, he goes on a couple verses later and says, look, I'm convinced that nothing, I don't know if you've thought about this, but like everything fits into the nothing. I'm convinced that nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. He is our good shepherd. 
that he's with us. He takes care of us. We can trust him. That like the sheep here in John chapter 10, he calls each of us by name. You are known by Jesus. You are known by the creator of the heavens and the earth. Whether you ever believe that or not, friend, you are. And that can bring a comfort that nothing else can. That just like the sheep here in this story, we need to lean in and learn to hear his voice. And he is a shepherd who calls. He never stops calling. That just as Jesus has many sheep, the reality is that each of us only have one shepherd because that's all that's needed. That he is more than enough for you, for me, for those in this room, for those in your house and in your living room, for those of you who are watching next door, for people who are watching all around this country. He's enough for you. And not only does he say, I'm enough for you, I'm your good shepherd, but he says, this good shepherd, I'm that good shepherd, I lay down my life for the sheep. That I take their provision and their protection seriously. And I will step in the gap for each one. He goes this, uh, verse 11, I'm the good shepherd, Jesus said. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. That he wants to provide and to be that protector, that provider. The son of man in Matthew 20 did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And through his willing sacrifice, he made salvation possible through faith in Jesus, that you could actually have life with God now on into eternity. Not because you're good enough and not because you're strong enough and not because you're able, but because he is more than able. And he said, my protection is for you. Jesus makes it clear that he wasn't just for the Jewish people he was talking to in the day. He says, I have other sheep that I want to bring into this, that, that there would be one flock and one shepherd. He's clearly speaking to the Gentile world, which uh, you fall in that category. I fall in that category. That it was to us to say, look, this is a worldwide thing. This isn't just a regional thing. It isn't just a, a particular race of people thing. It's, a, it's an all skate. It's availability for all. The other sheep is clearly that. Jesus provided and proved his love by sacrificing himself for our benefit. He laid down his life for us. You know this to be true, that as a parent, if you're a parent, that you would do the same for those that you love, those that you know by name and you've invested into their life, you would do anything for them. There's a, a dentist in Seattle area, uh, and he would take his kids hiking often on Mount Rainier and that, that range and that area. And James would take his 12-year-old uh, his daughter and his 11-year-old son, and one day they set out over Memorial Day weekend to hike Mount Rainier. A sudden storm came up, began to pound against them. The strong winds, kind of the blinding whiteout, forced them to kind of buckle down. They couldn't move any further. The snow began to grow. And what James did is he kind of dug an oblong uh, trench in the snow and he began to tuck his kids into their sleeping bags and back against that little oblong cave of what he created. And he put himself against the, the opening of that little oblong trench. He put a tarp and he realized the tarp kept blowing from the severe winds. And, and so he realized very quickly that the only way for the tarp to stay there to kind of keep the wind out and maybe try to preserve and protect them is he had to lay on top of that tarp to keep her from blowing away. Two days go by. And they hadn't moved. A crew, search crew, became to look for them and one rescue worker noticed a backpack kind of protruding from the snow. They ran up to this trench and they began to, to see and hoping maybe all three hikers were alive and they opened it up and they realized the kids were more than alive. They were fine because the stiff, cold body of their dad had taken the cold spot, as one rescue worker put it, and it shielded them from the wind and the harsh elements. He laid down his life for his kids. And what we see here is Jesus is saying, I'm that good shepherd. I lay down my life for my sheep. 
that I will be the one who protects them. I will be the one who provides for them. I will make a way for them to have a life relationship with God now and safely on into the future, no matter what the future brings. They're safe. They're secure. Jesus described himself. Friends, we are invited to know the good shepherd and to be known by him. We're invited to know the good shepherd as the leader of our everyday life. The ups, the downs, the good times, the difficult times. We're invited to know this good shepherd in the everyday areas of life. Not just eternal life someday, but an hour here and now. Dallas Willard, one of my favorite theologians, writes this. The Lord is my shepherd is written on many more tombstones than lives. See, we like that phrase, the Lord is my shepherd. But we like it for after it's all said and done. But the reality is, we need the Lord as our shepherd in our everyday life. Every season of life. You know, metaphors are a powerful picture that encapsulate incredible truth. And from Genesis to Revelation, we see so many metaphors of Jesus. So many metaphors that begin to to talk about him. Different metaphors that may appeal to different times and different seasons that are going on. Uh, David wrote a lot of psalms about metaphors, about what God was really like. He wrote, like the Lord is my rock, and he is my fortress. He's my deliverer. The Lord is my light and my salvation. The Lord is my strength, and he is my shield. God is my help, and God is my king. But maybe one of the most profound metaphors that he recorded is that the Lord is my shepherd. In fact, I want to end this message as we move into another worship song together, just space to reflect with reading Psalm 23. And the Lord is my shepherd. David wrote this thousands of years before Jesus stepped into this moment in John 10 and said, no, I am that good shepherd. So David writes, and as we read this, this is our prayer. As we read this, as we lean into this, I invite you. Maybe you've been walking with Jesus for a while, and and this just needs to be refreshment, maybe even particularly in this season, that you would see that Jesus is your good shepherd, friend. For some of you, you may have heard this, You may have even heard it at a funeral or at some other time. But have you ever thought that this could be reality? That Jesus really could be your good shepherd? And that starts with putting your faith in him. Just saying, Jesus, man, I've been trying to live my own life and trying to navigate it all by myself. And I've made a mess of things. And I don't have what I need. I need life with you. And Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whoever would believe in him, like put their trust in him, that they could have everlasting life. Life in his name, John writes. So David wrote thousands of years ago, the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. What What does it mean to see Jesus as your shepherd, that you lack nothing, that he's your provider, He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. Father, we need your refreshment. We invite you to to provide it again. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the darkest of valleys, I will fear no evil because you're with me. It's your presence, you're the shepherd makes everything better. You're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus, you're the good shepherd who comforts your people. Refresh us with that. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil and my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord 
forever.
close your eyes wherever you're at. If you want to hold hands maybe with a family member, let's just contemplate for a moment that the almighty, all-powerful King of kings and Lord of lords, the strong one, the one we need, is also the one who's willing to be our shepherd, to lay down his life in the gap where the floods and the enemies come so that we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be afraid of death and we don't have to be afraid of life. All kinds of things may come our way in this life, but Jesus said, none of them can truly harm you. I am your shepherd and I am your king. And so Lord, we give you praise and we give you thanks tonight for who you are. And the kind of faith and the kind of love and the kind of hope that that inspires us to be and to walk in. And so, Lord, we ask that you would help us, help your people all around the world to look up to you and then to be willing to look out to those who are afraid, those who are sick, those who are hurting, and say, Father, send me. Just as you sent Jesus to lay down his life for me, so send me. Maybe just join me right now in saying that prayer. Lord, send me. Send us, God. Wherever there is hurt, wherever there is pain, send us. You truly are our shepherd, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Finally, I just want to remind our church uh, about this month's prayer focus and prayer practice, which is what we've called uh, prayer texting. It's about texting prayers, right? Spending a moment praying for your family, praying for your friends, maybe praying for people particularly who you know are struggling in this time. And then as God speaks to you and puts it on your heart what to pray for that person, put that in a text and send it to them and say, you know what? God put you on my heart today, and this is what I prayed out, that God would touch you, bless you, heal you, whatever it is. Uh, so I just encourage you, maybe again, even now, you can text out that prayer and uh, see God doing wonderful and powerful things. Um, we also want to appreciate you to all those who are giving online. And uh, again, we can't do what we're doing either today or next week or any week unless you guys join the fun, join in the giving, join in the serving, and we so appreciate you uh, for that. So finally, once again, just know that next week we're going to be doing the same exact thing. So we hope you join in. If this is the first time you've listened and been a part of our church service, we hope you join us again uh, next week in your home. And we love you guys. Bless you guys. All our family and friends in our church love you guys and hope to see you guys soon this week. Bye-bye.